we could hardly believe that we were finally in Paris. Yeah, it had been a really long flight and the eagerness was finally setting in. The sound of the pilot telling us to look out the window and see the Eiffel Tower as we began our descent somehow made us even more excited. Votre attention, s'il vous plaît. Voie 4, en raison d'un incident de signalisation. Merci de votre compréhension. We had wanted to go to Paris since we were children and our dream of seeing the Mona Lisa was closer than ever, so we practically ran out of the airport once we collected our luggage so we could hail a taxi. The taxi ride from the Paris CDG airport to our hotel was short. Rose and I were dropped off right in front of the hotel and the cab driver slammed the boot rather loudly as he handed us our luggage, breaking the silence in the quiet Parisian street. We looked up at the apartment and it was extremely tall. We walked inside to find that there was no elevator and we would have to take the stairs. I wasn't sure if it was possible for a hotel to have so many steps, but there Rose and I were, somehow lugging our suitcases up what felt like a million sets of staircases. I could have sworn that Beth and I were about to pass out if we had gone up one more step. But as Beth opened the door to the hotel, it was all worth it. Our jaws dropped as the main window was at the perfect position to capture the Eiffel Tower, just as it lit up to sparkle at midnight, making the awful trip up to our room worth it. I looked at Beth and she looked back at me as we squealed and jumped onto our beds, bursting at the seams with sheer elation. The first thing on the agenda for the next day in Paris was another taxi ride to the Luc de Triomphe. We couldn't have been more terrified of the roads that wrapped around our first sight. The roundabout had no lanes and everyone seemed to be going everywhere. I swore we were about to crash. I could hear the thrum of traffic in my ears and closed my eyes, not wanting to see if we had survived our tumultuous journey. Yet somehow we had, and the tourist attraction was magical to see. We only saw it fleetingly on the never-ending trip across the roundabout before we set to go to the Louvre. Buildings passed by slowly on our trip, which felt as if it would go on forever. Rose and I just wanted to get to the Louvre. As the taxi came to a halt and we stepped out together, we had to conceal our urge to scream and sprint in. We slammed the doors to the taxi before facing the uniquely shaped gallery. We hurried inside and there it was, the Mona Lisa in all of her glory, protected by guards, bulletproof glass and barriers to prevent guests from getting too close. We stepped up to the heavily roped area and I could hardly believe my eyes. It was like we were dreaming. Rose and I looked up and swore that the Mona Lisa lifted her hand to give us a little wave before winking and going back to normal. Suddenly, everyone in the room disappeared, including Rose and I. I was simply left standing there, a spotlight shining right on me, practically blinding me. I heard the familiar announcement that the pilot had made on our flight before everything went black and I felt myself drifting away. Votre attention, s'il vous plaît. Voie 4, en raison d'un incident de signalisation. Merci de votre compréhension. I woke up from my position on the couch with a start. I was back in my Melbourne apartment, Paris, nowhere in sight. The pilot on the TV introduced the passenger's arrival into Paris, and it was then that I realised. Rose and I had never travelled. 
Instead, I was stuck in lockdown and Paris had just been a dream, nothing but a mere figment of my imagination. Oh, Beth, you're finally awake. The movie's about to start. 